everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Mareva. I'm the director of the show, and I'm here with our host, Mr. Robert Birch. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. We got a great movie. A really great. I know you don't like westerns. I, I watched it. It's pretty good. It's, I, I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, a lot sadder than I thought it was going to be, uh-huh. but we won't spoil that. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, pardon sure. me. Um, so, okay, so this is the OETA Movie Club. We, uh, we air every Saturday night at 9 on the OETA HD channel. Um, we repeat the following Fridays at 11. And, um, uh, yeah. Um, so the movie this week is the 1953 epic western, Shane. Uh, an iconic film in all of American history uh, starring Alan Ladd and uh, Jack Palance. Yes. Um, a lot of great character actors in this. You know, Ben Johnson from Oklahoma right. is in this. Um, and uh, one of my favorite character actors, Edgar Buchanan. Edgar Buchanan. Uncle Joe from uh, Petticoat Junction. But he's in a lot of westerns. <laughs> he did a lot some John Ford westerns. He, yeah. he, uh, he worked a lot with uh, in a few films with John Wayne. Right. And, uh, you know, a little back, you know, my little backstory on, on Edgar Buchanan. He, uh, he, he and his wife were dentists and they moved from the Midwest out to Los Angeles and uh, decided they wanted to try out for films and they got cast. Wow. And so uh, sometimes in the middle, you know, in the middle of filming, when they're moving the cameras or moving the lights or something, he would work on the cast and crew members' teeth. Wow. <laughs> so he's like, you know, they're they're setting up lights and, and he's working on the Duke, you know, just wow, uh, you that's know, funny. giving him a... Give him a root canal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what his wife did during all that right. time, but, you know. <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, okay, well, set this movie up for anybody who doesn't know the this, story. Oh, that's what you wanted me to do. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we'll talk about the film. Uh, <laughs> a weary gunfighter in 1880s Wyoming, he begins to envision a quieter life and wants to hang up his gun after befriending a homestead family uh, that has a young son that idolizes him. But, you know, there's this uh, smoldering range war, you know, sort of like the... Uh, uh, like in Arizona, the, the Lincoln County War. Right. Or, you know, the, and it forces him to, he's going to have to act to protect the townspeople. And we've seen this in a, a few films. Right. Um, you know, there's a Clint Eastwood film. I, I, or um, yeah. I know that Heaven's Gate has that same sort of, uh, if you've seen Heaven's Gate, it's a, a notorious flop with uh, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah. Or it lost a lot of money. I'm not sure how you quantify flop. Right. Other than maybe not a lot of people saw it and it didn't make much money. <laughs> right. Sounds like a flop, yeah. <laughs> yep. Sounds like the two films I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, there's a lot of, there's several uh, Oscar award winners and nominees in this. Oh, yeah. Six Academy Award nominees, one win. For uh, best cinematography, yeah, but it's nominated for best picture, best screenplay, uh huh, um, two uh, best supporting actor yeah. nominations, and best director for George Stevens, uh huh, yeah. 
And George Stevens was a, you know, a really uh, uh, well-known, very respected director when, uh, when he took on this, this role or this, uh, this project. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, uh, they had a, uh, a budget of one point, I think it was 1.3 million. 1.9, I think. 1.9 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he just loved shooting. Yeah. There was supposed to be 20 days of shooting in Jackson Hole, and he shot 75 days. Yeah. So they had reams and reams of <laughs> film. All this great uh, scenic landscapes of, yeah. you know, the beautiful Wyoming uh, oh, yeah. mountains. And uh, it, uh, it took him, well, they started, they finished filming in 51, in October of 51, and it didn't premiere. It it premiered at the Radio City Music Hall in I think it was January of 1953. Yeah. So it went way over budget. Way over budget. Way over editing schedule. Way over day shooting. Uh huh. The deadlines blown out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a uh, high noon um, started filming about the same time, maybe just a little bit later, and it was. It was done a year. year. I was going to say it came out in 52, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's crazy how much, I mean, I I have complaints when I go out and shoot stuff still to this day. People are like, are you done yet? You're shooting shooting too much. And I'm like, no, you can never have too much. You never (laughs) have too much. Apparently you can, yeah. Especially when you're uh, developing all of that film and it's extremely expensive, right? Yeah, that's 70 millimeter film. Yeah. Um, Well, Gene Arthur was um, 50 when this film was started, 51 Mm -hmm. when it was was came out when it was finished uh-huh. um but uh and she was in kind of a she was in a semi-retirement uh-huh. um and she actually retired completely after this movie but uh but yeah she actually came out of retirement to do this movie as a favor to her friend director george uh-huh. stevens and um yeah uh so i thought that was cool that she came out of retirement to help out with that she was a great animal lover too Loved animals. Yeah, she did. She kind of took it upon herself to kind of make sure all the conditions were... Probably this was before a lot of the animal safety right. regulations. Oh, yeah, and stuff, way you know? before this. And um, so she kind of took it upon herself to make sure all the conditions for the animals were good. The and, horses, the and, dogs, the... There was a piglet that they had to stop uh, production because she uh, it was sick and she wanted... She made sure that they were going to take it to a vet. Yeah. And the piglet unfortunately died. Uh, but they, f- the producers were uh, kind of concerned that she, you know, how she would react. So they found a piglet that looked just like it <laughs> and replaced yeah. it. Didn't tell her. Oh, the old switching the piglet routine. <laughs> but they, uh, George Stevens, you know, was a stickler for authenticity. Yeah, and so he uh, actually he was he needed some scrawny looking cattle. Right, all the cattle in the Los Angeles area uh, were fat and happy. Right, so he had some brought in for that. Yeah, and I'm sure she was looking after those, making sure that they were yeah they were okay, well still skinny, but you know skinny but actually fed. <laughs> um, well, Jack Palance, um, he had apparently a lot of problems with his horse. And guns. He yeah. he was a theater actor right. before this. Um, had never ridden a horse. Had never ridden a horse. Had never fired a gun. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And came into this movie, 
and had all kinds of problems with his horse during filming. And um, there's a there's a scene where Shane and and Jack first look each other over at the ranch, and uh, Palance was supposed to dismount for just a brief minute or two, and then get right back up on the horse. And he literally couldn't get back up on the horse. And so um, the director had him dismount very slowly on one take and then use that take to speed it up and reverse it to where he got back up on the horse. <laughs> so The uh, Hollywood trick. The magic of Hollywood. But, you know, okay, so, you know, we were talking about the shooting um, and the, there were, you know, uh, Times uh, breaks in that shooting that uh, he he was uh, uh, doing something else. You know, yeah. they, they had some problems. Yeah, there were several delays apparently yeah. with the filming and everything. Yeah. And uh, so that gave Jack Palance some time to practice with the gun and with the horses. And so by the time that the uh, the shooting be- uh, picked up again, uh, he was uh, he was uh, old hand then. Right. You know. Yeah. From the Rio Grande. Um, well, and meticulous care was taken to ensure that all the props, all the guns, all the, all the props, all the horses, the saddles, everything were authentic to the time of the late 1880s. And, uh, the, the, the buildings that were the built, the buildings were built. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, everything, um, which I, I, I love when, you know, you read about that stuff on films that they actually research and. And get that stuff right, yeah. Because so yeah. many films don't, right, right. <laughs> so many films, you could be in the eighteen eighties and they're using Uzis, you know, uh, right. <laughs> and, yeah. Or there's a camera or something, you know. That you, even like the old tin types, you know, you go, well, yeah. They didn't really, you know, they didn't have that type back then. Or, yeah. You know. But yeah, so they were they they did it right. They spent. All kinds of money on the production levels and made sure that everything was correct and, and good to go. Right. And uh, so the director, George Stevens, had originally cast Montgomery Clift as Shane and William Holden as Joe. Wow, what a difference that would have been. Yeah, that would have been a very big difference. Um, both actors decided to do other films. Huh. And uh, this movie was almost abandoned, but... Um, the director went to the studio head and said, you know, who, who else is available? And he gave him a list of his actors. And he went down the list. And as soon as he saw the names Alan Ladd, Van Heflin, and Gene Arthur, he immediately called them to cast them. you got to wonder. I mean, how many times we... No audition. Just, do we talk about... Yeah, he just, he just looked in, yeah, uh, at the list. Saw their names and called them. But, you know, so many times we're, we have this, you know, so-and-so didn't get the part or didn't right. or turned it down. I mean, like Steve Martin turning down, Sar- uh, turning down uh, the birdcage for right. Sergeant Bilko. Right. Um, you know, you got to think. What were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Montgomery Clift and 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 William Holden. I mean, they must have regretted for the rest of their lives that they right. didn't take this role. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of taking roles and getting paid for them and everything like that. Um, Alan Ladd was under contract with Paramount and earned $145,000 for this, which in 1953 is big money. Yeah. Okay, by today's standards, that's nothing for an actor. Sure, that's like an sure. insult. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> you want to pay the, me what? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, in 1953, $145,000, big money. Jack Palance, on the opposite end of the scale, was paid $12,500. However, the main difference, of course, was Jack Palance only worked for 12 weeks, uh-huh. and and uh, Alan Ladd was there for you know a year shooting sure, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, 75 <laughs> days, <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, but I mean, this made uh, Jack Palance's career. Yeah. I mean, this is really pretty much his first film. Yeah, and uh, he was launched like no one has ever launched in. I mean, there's very few. There's a handful of stories like that of of uh, actors getting that getting that one role yeah. that puts them, you know, right at the very top. Yeah, and uh, he worked for the rest of his career off of this this initial film. Yeah, uh, he. He uh, scared so many people in in so many theaters <laughs> that uh, yeah uh, he was that was box office gold for him. Um, I also read and I couldn't believe this because this this is like Stanley Kubrick insane. The scene where Alan Ladd practices shooting in front of um, Brandon <laughs> DeWile took a hundred and nineteen takes right to complete. Because and you know you know if somebody said a director did shot that many takes, I would instantly say oh it was Kubrick, right? right? Exactly, Never right. George Stevens, <laughs> right, you know? Exactly. Like what? And what is wrong with that actor and director? Why did it take a hundred and nineteen takes? Because the studio really, I mean, rightfully so, thought well this is just going to be a straightforward uh, western. Twenty days is a ample time to shoot and right. you know he wanted to go on location well okay it's gonna be a little bit more expensive but you know we'll give him 1.9 million and we'll get our picture and uh you know three million dollars million dollars <laughs> a million and that's just one. for shooting he took um a, a year or a year, a year and a half to edit yeah to plow through all that film oh yeah you know, yeah, I'm sure they were expecting a six-month edit and year and a half. Year and actually a little bit over a year and a half. The more you shoot, the more you gotta go, go through. through. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, George, we're talking a lot about George Stevens and the and the set and getting the accuracy of everything correct and everything like that. He had also been in World War II mm. and he had seen the profound effects that a bullet could have on a person uh-huh. and uh, said that he had wanted to go for realism in every every scene and therefore one of the things that he did which I think he was one of the first directors to do this was um, use stunt wires to pull the actors when uh-huh. they got shot um, which is very common now but I don't think was very common at all in the 50s like I said this this right. might be the first movie it might not it might not be but it might be the first one because it was. I think it was in this early '50s that that started being used. Well, he knew how loud a uh, a gunshot was too, and so yeah. he he devised this basically. I guess like uh, cutting the bottom out of a kettle or, or right. you know, and or barrel, and uh, firing it through there at the you know past a microphone. Yeah, and uh, getting that more realistic sound of a, a gunshot. Yeah, and um, it made so it uh, it changed Hollywood too. There, yeah. there was a lot of them uh, followed that same uh, formula after yeah. after this. In fact, uh, Warren Beatty uh, said that uh, 
during uh, they used they did the same thing during Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, you know, the, speaking of that, this film kind of changed a few things for Hollywood, and and you know the the music for this the the format and the music for this were shot and recorded originally for like true like pan and scan like. 1.3 to 1 ratio, uh-huh. which is a perfect square, you know, kind of thing almost. And um, it's barely off of a perfect square. And then the mu- music was all recorded mono and everything like that. Well, it had taken so long to shoot and edit this film that by the time that they got to release it, the studio wanted to try this new trend that was this 1.66 to, to 1, which was basically a little bit letterboxed uh-huh. is, is, okay. is, is what it is. Yeah. And... Um, so they cropped it and re-edited the film, or not re-edited, oh. but, but you know, re-reprocessed the film uh-huh. that was done being edited. Oh man! Um, into this little bit of a letterbox, and the the composer went back and re-recorded the music in stereo. Now, stereo in 1953 was almost unheard of. Yeah. I mean, this this has got to be. I should have looked it up. This has got to be one of the first films to be air to be. Uh, in released in stereo. Wow. I mean, has to be one of the first. Uh-huh. Because I don't think stereo was even invented until 1951 or 52. Like, um, and not long after this, Ray Charles started recording in stereo. He started recording in stereo in the late 50s. Huh. And he was one of the first to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, you didn't, you just didn't do it because radio stations were all mono. Uh-huh. And that's... Why would you? Why would you? Yeah. Sure. Why would you spend the money? Uh-huh. Well, Ray Charles had the money. And... He had, you know, he was an ABC recording artist, and he had the money. And, and so he could he, really tell the and difference. He, and he could tell the difference. And yeah. he recorded for himself just as much as he did his audience, you know. Uh-huh. And um, But, you know, it's like you you go to, and you think about it, like even the first few Beatles albums are in mono. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not until you get to Revolver, I think, or Rubber Soul maybe, that you have stereo. Uh-huh. I didn't think and, about that. Uh, and that's 1967. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's 15 years after this movie. And uh, so it just, it changed. I know it, it had to have changed Hollywood in a, in a lot of ways, this movie did. My cousin Bart had a quadraphonic stereo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I remember that. <laughs> There's one, uh, it's like a Steve Miller band. You know, it's... Um, it's not fly like an eagle, but there's that intro, the great, uh, and and in quadraphonic, it would it would go all the way around. Oh you, yeah, you know, it yeah. sounded like it would go all the way around you. you know? <laughs> now, okay, so um, the uh, there's there's a actor in this, uh, one of the Riker men, and he's you know, just in a bar fight scene, right? Right, but he and he's he's um, in the credits, he's uh, credited as Rex Moore. But oh, yeah. people may recognize him if you look closely in that in that in that fist fight with Shane. Um, it's Clayton Moore. Yes, the Lone Ranger. Uh-huh. Yep. Who was in at the time in a dispute with producers over how much money he was not making. Right. And uh, so he was not working and he took this job, you know, uh, in in this film. But yeah, it's clearly it's clearly Clayton Moore, the the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. <laughs> Saddle up. Um, well, we are about out of time. No. Um, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our celebrity photo, which just I just happen to know this person 
because it's your mom. It's I've your met mom. her. You've a met, couple, I've met I've her a met couple her. times too. I'm sure you've run into her every once in a while. Right. About she uh, she used to be a docent out at uh, the Cowboy Hall, and you know they have a lot of. Oh, you know it's the National Cowboy and right. Western Heritage Museum. Used gotta, to be the Cowboy gotta Hall. Say, of fame. Yeah, yeah, we've all grown up with it. Yeah, calling it the I Cowboy still Hall call of it Fame. The Cowboy right. Hall of Fame all the time. Yeah. And uh, but she was a docent out there for oh, I want to say twenty years. Oh wow. And um, so, yeah, whenever they have the Western Heritage Awards, the Wrangler Awards uh, every year, there's a lot of celebrities that come out there. I've personally been out there, uh, uh, Tom Selleck, uh, uh, Sam Elliott uh, was the MC of that for years and years. Um, And um, one uh, one year, Ernest Borgnine had a film, I guess he uh, he was being... honored yeah and uh he was there and uh mom said he just you know he was like sitting on one of those benches out in the hall out there right and uh you know people would come up to him and and talk to him and uh maybe get a picture or an autograph and and she said you know not every uh actor is is really welcoming of the of the public but that Ernest Borgnine could not have been nicer to everybody. Yeah. She, he was among the nicest of celebrities that she had ever seen out there. Yeah. And uh, so she got a picture with him. Um, uh, so the picture, uh, Mom had, had given it to a friend of hers who had the ability to put it on a mug. Right. And um, uh, so... Somehow the picture got lost. The oh, actual no. photograph got lost, and all we have is the mug. Well, at least you still got the mug of you know of her with Ernest Borgnine on this coffee mug. That's fun. So I took a picture with my phone, you know, and and we uh, we were able to use it this week as the celebrity photo. Awesome. Yeah, we're kind of running low on those celebrity photos. We so are starting now to run low. We got like a, we got a couple more left. Mom. Um, although I had to email one of them because they didn't include a story. When you when you send in those photos, please include a story because sometimes we just get a photo that says yeah. me and so-and-so, and it's hard to put that on the air and say, here's a photo with so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. That's all we know. Thanks. Good it's night. It's pretty boring. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, so, yeah, please include a, a story when you send those in. Uh, if you have a photo with a uh, famous celebrity, you can send those in to us by email. You can send them in over the through the mail, through the snail mail, um, however you want to do it. Um, you'll hear a tag in a minute that'll give you the address and the email address. Um, email is a little easier for us, but whatever is easier for you is sure. fine with us. If you actually send in a hard copy, we take very good care of it. Yes, we and make sure you it, get back, and we make sure you get it back. Yeah. And we always let the the person know when their photo is going to air, so they can be sure to tune in. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to tell my mom. Got to tell your mom, and let her know. And um, and you'll get uh, a t shirt. A t shirt. We will. You got to include your size, right? But we will make sure that you uh, you get a t shirt just like my mom. That's has. right. That's <laughs> right. And uh, so yeah. Um, but anyway, um, that wraps us up. Um, Next week, we've got a double feature planned, so uh-huh. definitely you want to tune in for that. We've got long four weddings and a funeral starting at 9 o'clock, uh-huh. and then immediately following that, we've got Love Story with Allie McGraw and, and the late Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very and, sad. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so you'll definitely want to tune in for those and check us out each week. 
Um, so thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next week, take care. Bye. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn. <laughs>